0: Telling you the smell of burning flesh. There's no way. And then, like, you know, it's up in the fumes and like. Knowing this
1: show, he's not sitting down the beach because of the smell of burning flesh.
0: Okay, but in general. Okay, stop thinking in
1: general, it's a TV show.
0: What are you wearing?
1: I'm wearing a camo hoodie because we're going hunting. Hunting? Hunting. Shut what up.
0: is hu- what is hunting?
1: Shut up. <laughs> don't ruin my mood. I'm really excited for this one. Really? Yeah, this is like one of my favorite episodes.
0: I don't know. I felt it was a little, uh, I don't know. It made me sad. We'll, we'll get into it.
1: Yeah. Ironically, I'm, like, the least prepared for this when I just, like, wrote the questions down that I was going to ask you.
0: But, I mean, I literally watched the episode today, so... You didn't give me any questions to prep, so this is going to be a disaster.
1: Well, like I said, this is the least prepared I've been. It's
0: fine, it'll be great. At least I'm not in a terrible mood this time.
1: Welcome back, everyone.
0: Oh, sorry. (laughs) I'm drinking my daily diet Dr. Pepper, so...
1: I'm not kidding that. (laughs) Just (laughs) no. That again. (laughs) That's a staple to this podcast. That's how the series started.
0: Okay, welcome back, everybody. To I'm getting lost. No, that's not what it's called. Lauren gets lost. Our lost rewatch podcast. I would like to take a moment. Why are you laughing already? I didn't even do anything.
1: I just love that you're taking charge.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well. I got to work from home today, so I'm in a much better mood. I think we should take a moment to give a huge shout out to our father, David Kohler, for making the music for this really successful podcast with millions of listeners worldwide. Our dad is a self-taught guitar player who specializes in guitar solos, no real songs. He just adds his own flair to his music. But we tasked him with coming up with a little theme song for our podcast, and he did a great job. Uh, Zane, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he did it in one take.
1: Yeah, I mean, it did take him three days to come up with it, but when the first time I hit record, he nailed it.
0: Eh, that's just part of his creative process.
1: He also was like, let me put some more over top it. You know, I'll layer different things on it. I was like, it's a 30 second intro. We'll talk over. I think you nailed it.
0: Well, I thought he did a great job. And I'm sure our millions of listeners worldwide will also agree that he did a great job.
1: I love that we're finally acknowledging it, even though it's been in every episode so far.
0: (laughs) Okay. But in fairness to us, it just got recorded last week. So Zane went back and added that. I just heard it for the first time like three days ago.
1: Yeah. I'm really happy with it. Lauren, what's the synopsis for this episode? Would you say?
0: Zayn, I want to tell you that today I actually wrote down, as soon as the episode ended, I wrote down a summary. Can you hear my dog?
1: Yes, I can hear your dog.
0: <laughs> the problem is, I have noise-canceling <laughs> headphones on, so I never know how loud they're actually being. But I guess if I can hear them, then you can definitely hear them. So anyway, here's what I wrote down. My summary, Colin. How about we take a short great to hear a message from our sponsors while I go put my dog in the backyard.
1: Here's hoping we have sponsors.
0: Okay. Here's my synopsis of this episode, which I actually prepped for this time because last time I forgot the whole episode. Now, considering I watched it today, you would think I wouldn't need to reference my notes, but I do, but basically they're going on a boar hunt. That's a joke if you know anything about children, because there's a song called Going on a Bear Hunt. Anyway, they go on a boar hunt, which I would just like to say I was right about the boars. Go me. Uh, we get a look into Locke's sad, pathetic, pre-island life. Uh, a lot of ableism going on. I don't even know if you call that ableism. People are just assholes to him. Anyway, and then they're finally going to burn all the dead bodies, which I feel like was kind of them admitting no one's coming for us. We have to just deal with these bodies one way or another.
1: I would have also added a secret is revealed, but.
0: Oh, yeah. but that, that's like part of the, his pre-island life. His True. pre-island life is, I even said eight, whatever.
1: No, you're right. Just in case someone's listening to this episode for the first time and they haven't seen the show, spoiler warning. Because this episode has a pretty major spoiler in it.
0: Yeah. And and also, I know we said it in the first episode, but I will give the disclaimer that I already knew this reveal. But that's okay. Still going to give my beautiful insight, as always.
1: I mean, it's a pretty cool reveal. I mean...
0: yeah. But it's hard because when you're watching it when you already know, like to me, when he wakes up and he like looks at his toes and they're wiggling, I mean, I guess he could have just been like, how hurt am I? Yeah. But it's hard when you know. I just saw that as like, well, that's obvious, but I guess it's not to somebody who doesn't know.
1: Watching it with Kate the first time, there were a lot of moments where, not just in this episode, but like throughout the series, where I wanted to see her reaction to stuff. And watching this episode, I'm like shit, it might be pretty obvious that he is in a wheelchair. Just he's always sitting and his boss just is like, oh, you think you can walk on foot? Like thinking about it, it's like, wow, that was like just out there.
0: But it's the same as like, have you ever seen the movie? Um This, wait, The Sixth Sense? Yeah. You ever seen that? So I had not seen that until like two years ago. But that's obviously, like, one of the big reveal movies where he was dead the whole time. Spoiler. And and I already knew that when I watched the movie. So, when I watched the movie, I was like, duh, he's dead the whole time. It's so obvious. Yeah, because, like, no
1: one talks to him, like, throughout the entire movie.
0: At all.
1: Uh, So, quick bits for this episode. Um, After this episode aired, ABC announced the show had been picked up for a full season. So this was kind of like the one that really got fans involved. I mean, with that, with the reveal that Locke was in a wheelchair before the island, that seems like a pretty good, like, holy crap, people were like jumping on board. What's going on with the show moment? David Fury, who wrote this episode, was actually nominated for an Emmy for Outstanding Writing in a Primetime Drama. And the flashback scenes were purposely shot without the use of green and blue to contrast the scenes with the island which I don't know if you picked up on that.
0: No, I definitely did not.
1: I mean, if you look at it, just like, like you said, Locke's like pre-island life is like pathetic, miserable. And like the lack of color really, like, really reflects that.
0: Yeah. He had a sad beige life.
1: Mm-hmm. And then last one is uh, John Locke is my favorite character. So I love all Locke centric episodes, even the ones that are like not good.
0: <laughs> not good as in Locke isn't good or just not well-
1: Done. There's a couple, particularly like later in the series, where you're just like, "Wow, this is like, this flashback is not worth anything."
0: Oh, okay.
1: But every character will get that eventually. We we're just kind of like, "Wow, they, the formula is flashbacks, and they have to have them every time."
0: So they have flashbacks throughout the whole show. There's always flashbacks in every episode.
1: They don't always follow the same formula, but yes. Oh. That's a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. All right. So let's recap the episode. We start with um, the crash once again, but this time from Locke's perspective, he looks down at his foot, gives it a little wiggle, and then puts his shoe on. We hear a dog barking over over this memory, and it's because in present time, Vincent is barking at some noise that's coming from the fuselage. The combination of the barking and the noise is waking pretty much everyone in the camp, or at least all the main characters up, and everyone runs to the fuselage. Jack just assumes it's Sawyer going through the bodies once more, and Sawyer's, like, standing right behind you and calls him a jackass, which he deserved that comment. They decide to take a closer look. Jack takes the smallest flashlight in the world.
0: I thought the same thing. Okay, Sawyer has this giant-ass flashlight. Jack, what is your little test my eyeballs in the doctor's office flashlight gonna do in this situation the whole time i could not think of anything else except turn that fucking flashlight off that is so stupid
1: sawyer finally shines his floodlight on what is revealed to be a pack of wild animals that just charge through the group and tear through the camp charlie gets knocked over again no one gives a shit about charlie this is like the third episode in a row that something bad has happened to him and people just really don't give a shit. The camp is kind of just confused. A lot of people are asking what it was and Locke finally gets a speaking line. Four. I know he had speaking lines, but like up until this episode, Locke was just kind of there and he finally gets to take part in the main action.
0: Yeah, up until now, Locke has just only been communicating with the one minor on the island.
1: Well, he talked to Michael when he gave him Vincent back.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: All right. So you already, you got into it when you were talking about your synopsis, but take your time to gloat. You said boar last week and you were right.
0: I am a fucking genius. Although you know what? I'm not even, I'm going to take some of my credit away because when I, it was revealed that it was a boar, I was like, was there some kind of hidden memory from watching this as a child? Because how did I know it was a boar? But also I think I'm just a genius. But I also kind of think it was just obvious that it was a boar based on the noises and like the setting. What else would it be?
1: I mean, like I'm not an intelligent person. I'll be the first to admit it. I, I don't know much about like the ecosystem that boar live in. Like when I hear boar, I immediately think of the Arkansas Razorbacks. Right. So, So I'm just like, yeah, they live in the South. So the idea of them being on an Island Maybe. I don't know.
0: I think there are like wild pigs on islands, but maybe I just made that up. I don't know. But then you also can't really go to your knowledge of different ecosystems when there's also a polar bear on this island.
1: See, I thought about that, but no one really seems to give a shit. Like not everybody knows about the polar bear, but like everybody pretty much knows about the boar. And no one was like, what the fuck? That's so weird that there's boar on this island.
0: No, I think, I think they just, that's a normal thing for them to be there.
1: So later that night, they, they finally have the conversation. What are we going to do about the bodies in the medical tent? Jack is tending to Charlie's wounds. He got roughed up pretty good. Kate and Said are also there and they're, and they're talking that something needs to be done about the bodies. They're out there in the sun, the more boar are going to come. And they obviously didn't put up a good fight. Jack decides the best course of action is to burn the fuselage, but the others get upset thinking the dead deserve better than that. But Jack argues they don't have time to sort out everyone's beliefs and lay them to rest the appropriate way. You've been talking about the bodies on the beach for a while now.
0: I completely agree with Jack. Honestly, that's kind of a theme of this episode. I was actually team Jack this episode shocked a little bit I he didn't do anything that annoyed me except for the tiny flashlight but you know whatever uh i completely agree with Jack you have to get rid of the bodies and I do think it's more disrespectful to let the bodies just be eaten by animals than to burn them and it's not like I'm sure in some cultures it's disrespectful to burn a body but not in all cultures I mean a lot of people choose to be cremated but I think in this scenario You just, you got to burn them. And like they say in a little bit, it's also a good opportunity to hopefully send out a distress signal.
1: Saeed in particular seems to be upset about this. Now I am not an expert, but there is a line in this series where Saeed says a Muslim man is to be buried because someone he knows was cremated. I won't go into it any further. Maybe I'm just misremembering it. Maybe we should look this up just before. Yes. Muslims are always buried, never cremated. So I think the fact that Saeed finally shows some emotion here or not, he's always shown emotion, but he's being more, he's thinking with his heart rather than thinking with his head. What Jack is saying makes sense, but I think he's upset about it because he's thinking of his own, beliefs and he's thinking how he would want his beliefs to be respected and he wants to do the same for the dead
0: yeah and you also have to think he's probably thinking what happens if i die on this island are they going to respect my religion or are they just going to burn my body because it's the easiest option
1: exactly like you said they decide that they're going to burn the fuselage the following night and hoping that the fire will show their location um the following morning Said's working on some sort of technical doodad for the transceiver and Kate joins him. They briefly discuss how Said doesn't agree with Jack's decision, but then move back on to the plan, which is to use electronic equipment they find around the island to build sort of antenna to triangulate the location of the French woman's transmission. Kate offers her efforts and Said's like, oh, you're eager to get off the island, too.
0: I thought that was such a weird, unnecessary comment. Like, show me one person on the island besides Locke, because if he leaves, can he still walk? I'm jumping ahead. But show me one person on this island that doesn't want to get off the island. I mean, everybody's anxious to leave. I, I just felt like that was an odd comment.
1: I think it was an odd comment, but I also think at this point, the show's been on for a month. You know, you're there, Well, I guess you actually are watching it one episode a week, but... From the viewer perspective, not a lot of people are making efforts to get off the island. They're kind of just like, like Shannon, in particular, just kind of hanging out.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true, actually. So the the comment he's making is more so like, oh, you're actively trying to get off this island, not just hoping that somebody rescues us.
1: Right. So while tries to sneak away from Michael while they're collecting firewood in order to go hang out with Locke. But Michael orders him to continue to help him as Locke messes with some sort of luggage. Sawyer and Hurley get in this fight over a bag, but then Jack and would break it up. It's basically their job to break up whatever fight Sawyer is in. Hurley reveals that the last of the food is in the possession of Sawyer and the rest of it is all gone eaten there's no organization there so now people are beginning to panic but saeed points out quickly that there is food everywhere on the island and sawyer being an asshole with the only food they have points out that it's hard to get that food until a knife lands directly next to him everyone looks over and Locke has thrown a knife at him and he's like let's go hunting
0: i audibly gasped when that knife was thrown like my whole body i was like "Ugh." Scared the shit out of me. It's like, who's just throwing knives around willy nilly?
1: So Kate immediately asks, How did you get that big ass knife on the plane? And Locke's like, Oh, I checked it. So I, t- I, I do owe you a bit of an apology. When I was like, They don't have guns, you know, 9 11 airport security is really intense. Locke brought like 500 knives onto this plane. <laughs>
0: You can also check guns and bring guns on a plane. Yeah. Dumbass. I, I
1: mean, yes you can, but like, again, you were saying they should kill him right there.
0: I know, but I, it was more so the fact that you berated me for thinking there could possibly be guns on this Island.
1: I'm just, I'm just going to go ahead and apologize now and put the matter to bed. You know, it wasn't dumb for you to think that there are guns on the Island.
0: Yeah, that's a really common thing in our family. We're really good at just letting things go. I'm definitely not going to bring this up for the rest of our lives. It's
1: funny to me that you don't like Jack when he literally can't let anything go either.
0: Well, I hate myself. So wouldn't it make sense that I hate somebody who's just like me?
1: That's fair. I think you're great, by the way.
0: Yeah, maybe take that out. (laughs) It's a joke, mom.
1: So um, the moment I've been waiting for, Jack and Locke finally meet. Locke explains to the the camp that all it would take is three people to hunt down a piglet. And he goes into very, very gruesome detail about how they can separate the piglet from its mom and slit its throat.
0: I feel like I didn't need to know that he was going to slit its throat. That was a bit much. Also, Jack and Locke have met already. We see that in a flashback.
1: Okay. Yes, I know what you're talking about, but like true me. I mean, Jack and Claire are basically going to meet for the first time, even though they've already met these people, like, obviously have interacted, but like they don't really all know each other's names yet. Okay. Sawyer argues that three of them going into the jungle with one knife is a suicide mission, but Locke opens a suitcase and reveals several more knives Like, a lot of knives.
0: I get that he was going to Australia to do this, like, walkabout, but he was in a wheelchair. What did he think he was going to do with all these fucking knives?
1: Maybe attach them to his chair and just kind of, like...
0: Lean out of his wheelchair and just stab shit? Like, I guess he could throw the knife, but I don't think that's allowed on his walkabout. I
1: don't really know the rules of a walkabout, but I mean, like, I guess better to have backup knives because in case he throws one and like loses it he look, seems to be adapted throwing knives
0: that was a bunch of people getting on tour bus I don't think any of them were going to be chucking knives around that's fair very confused by this man
1: look we just needed some sort of weaponry on this island and there is 40 of them so
0: look if I had to pick one of them to carry a briefcase full of knives it's going to be lock but yeah. it's still weird
1: so everyone essentially thinks Locke is insane, which leads me to ask you, what are your first impressions? Go back to watching this for the first time. You haven't seen the rest of the episode yet. What are your first impressions of Locke?
0: Serial killer. Yeah? Yeah. If I were, especially think about like Michael's the one that's been kind of like keyed into him this whole time because he's been hanging out with Walt. If he then opens up this briefcase full of knives, I'd never let my son talk to that man again. Absolutely not. He gives a very, and also he seems like he's been kind of isolated from the rest of the group this whole time. You know what? I just thought this right now. Locke wanted to go to Australia to do a walkabout. He lands on this island, crash lands on this island, and he can walk. Why has he not volunteered to go out on any of the hikes or the excursions into the jungle that seems like something he would want to do
1: I can't think of any reason from a plot perspective or for, from like a real life perspective but from a plot perspective they probably just wanted us to not know anything about him until the I get reveal. that
0: I get that they're, they're keeping him like mysterious and all that it just seems like it doesn't align with his character you would think he would be like hell yeah I'm going out there I'm gonna use these legs while I have them
1: Maybe he after like the monster and he didn't have his knives yet. He was just like nah. That
0: doesn't seem like him.
1: I don't know. Yeah, I mean you're right to point it out. Going forward, he's going to be in the in the jungle pretty much just every time. All right, first flashback. Locke receives a phone call. They refer to him as a colonel and there's a lot of military jargon that like uh, just kind of goes over my head, but they're discussing a meeting. But then Locke's boss, Randy, comes over and starts chewing, out, chewing him out over TPS reports like he's in that movie Office Space, then belittles Locke and calls him Colonel sarcastically and tells him not to take personal calls. Which brings me to my segment, Douche of the Week. And that yeah. would be Randy.
0: Randy is a grade A asshole. I do not understand. Why is he so fucking mean to Locke?
1: Classic schoolyard bully. He picks on the kid that like can't fight back just to feel better about himself. Like Does this
0: place not have an HR.
1: <laughs> but it is. It is two thousand four. So
0: HR existed in two thousand
1: four. Yeah, but the world sucked back then too, and still sucks. But not to like Randy is like a very like blink and you miss him kind of character, in my opinion but not not to go too deep in his motivations, but I mean, he he's the office manager of some like who gives a fuck company. So he probably doesn't like feel all that great about himself. He needs some sort of like power trip and belittling his employees is probably the only way he ever like gives a damn about his life. I'm not justifying it, but douche. Yeah,
0: I get it. It just. Goddamn.
1: So the flashback ends with Locke going to work and this little ticka, ticka, ticka noise is heard from Locke's machine. I point that out. For a reason. Don't worry.
0: I was like, I didn't even notice that.
1: So they're gearing up for the hunt back on the island. Jack asks Kate why every time there's a trip into the jungle, she jumps on board. Kate points out that they never actually saw the monsters. They don't really know what they're afraid of. Jack then asks what she makes of Locke. And Kate thinks that he seems to be one of the only people on the island that knows what he's doing. Jack is rightfully concerned due to the amount of knives.
0: I guess she said one of the only, I was about to defend my man, Saeed, but she said one of the only.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I might be paraphrasing. I think she just said he knows what he's doing. So there's some light flirting from Kate's end with the whole, Oh, you, I think you're worried about me. And then Jack decides to immediately call her out uh, for always needing to run.
0: I feel like that's a stretch on his part. I think he's saying it because of what the marshal said to him. But her just wanting to, like, help out and be active and not just sit on the beach like Shannon. I don't think that's like, oh, she always wants to run. I think she just wants to get off the fucking island.
1: She is always quick to help. Like, even with the marshal, she, like, wanted to help, like, his condition, put him out of his misery. Do you think that maybe that's, like, her trying to, like, repent for something?
0: Maybe, but maybe she's just, like, a person who likes to help.
1: Could be it. So Kate reveals the real reason she's going into the jungle is the antenna that Said is working on to help triangulate the French signal. Michael is revealed to be the third person for the hunt and asks Sun in a game of charades to keep an eye on Walt. And somehow Sun understands... And agrees.
0: Yeah, That's another thing where I'm like watching it and I know that she speaks English. So this was just actually really funny to me. Cause I'm just thinking that she's like sitting here going, this guy's a fucking idiot.
1: In my opinion, Michael's not the best person to be the third man on this job. Why? He just seems very city. And like, once they get out there, he's out of his element. I mean, he's in a suit, for God's sake. He doesn't seem like a, a country boy. Sawyer seems like the guy that they should have brought, in my opinion.
0: I'm surprised they didn't bring Sawyer, but I don't think we know enough about Michael to know if he's capable of hunting or not.
1: Well, based off the end of the episode, I would, I would say I know enough about him.
0: <laughs> so he gets mauled by a boar. That's not his fault. I mean, it literally was, though. Because he talked? Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, we grew up in a family of hunters and we would know you don't talk when you're hunting, but mm. I still feel like you're you're jumping, you're I, reaching.
1: Well, going there real quick, I do think it's really funny that Michael, like, plays charades with Sun to communicate with her, and then he's like, yes, that was successful, it worked. Then Locke is, like, giving him signals on what to do And he's like, I have no idea what you're saying. And that's what gets him hurt because I don't know. It was funny to me. Shut up.
0: But it's two different things. He was still talking as he was charading to son. But he
1: doesn't know son understands.
0: I understand. So it might as
1: well have been nothing.
0: I understand that. But I I think you're reaching.
1: I just thought it was funny. I mean, how do I reach with a laugh?
0: No, I mean, the saying that he shouldn't have been the one on the hunt now you want to talk about two people that shouldn't be on a hunt we'll get there
1: so while the group is collecting firewood and for the fuselage claire walks up to jack and they briefly talk about the condition of the baby everything's fine there claire shows that she found some personal belongings of two people from the plane that were sitting a couple rows behind her it was wedding plans which is like really depressing that like a bunch of people are dead, by the way, we, we kind of just like skip over that every week.
0: Yeah. But I was thinking wedding plans. Were they going from Australia to LA? Is that where they're going?
1: Yeah. Sydney, to Aus- Sydney, Australia to LA. Yes.
0: Okay. They're going from Australia to LA to get married. Or I was like, that's a long fucking way to go for a wedding.
1: I wouldn't read into it too much. It's entirely possible that they were just like on vacation and they're like, Hey, we're on this 10 hour flight. Maybe we should like put a dent in our wedding plans while we're doing nothing else.
0: Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm going to go with that one. That's my head cannon
1: going forward. So Claire has some sort of attachment to these two. She mentions that they were sitting behind her and she feels sad that they're gone. And Claire asks if they should do some sort of memorial service for those that died. And she suggests that Jack should lead it. But Jack declines. He's very uncomfortable. Claire's a little upset with that uh, declining of the offer. Says maybe she'll do it. And Jack's like, yeah, great idea. And I decided. don't
0: know why she's so set on Jack doing it. Like, why would she be offended that he doesn't want to do it? I wouldn't want to do that.
1: I I think for one, he was a little like, he didn't say, but he kind of was like, seems like a waste of time. He didn't yeah, say it. Yeah, I he, can
0: see being offended by that. But I just kind of noticed in this episode, everybody goes to Jack to do everything. I'm like, guys, he's just a fucking doctor. That doesn't mean he's a, also a speech writer and a therapist for Rose coming up. like
1: Next week, we'll get into it a lot more with Jack being the quote unquote leader of the group but I think you might be the only one who doesn't see Jack as the leader of the group. People just keep going to him. I think it's because he has a very like commanding, like personality.
0: I don't know how they don't see Saeed as the leader of the group. Like when they, everybody started to freak out. Wasn't it Saeed that like immediately jumped up and started talking about how there's food on the Island and like, it's not Jack that's, Calming people down and breaking people into groups and giving people duties and fucking fixing computer shit to try to get them off the island.
1: I like to think about like what you don't see sometimes and a lot of it you have to kind of infer. But th- think about it when they're not on camera. Saeed's probably off to the side tinkering with something, trying to get them off the island. And Jack being the doctor is probably just checking in with everyone, being like, how are you feeling kind of thing.
0: I don't really know if I see that from him. Like, we've seen him check in with a couple people, but he kind of seems like a douchebag. I don't think he's, like, Mr. Social, like, walking around doing house calls, like, hey, how you doing today? Feeling all right? I don't think that's him.
1: I'm probably using the fact that I know he does that later on to, like, just justify that he does it now, but...
0: Okay, but then look at it from a person who's only four episodes in. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: I I would say equal footing, Jack and Saeed could either either one could be the leader, but the group has just decided in their minds that Jack should do it, should be it.
0: Because he's a white man.
1: So Jack is uncomfortable doing like the memorial. Do you think there's any reason for that?
0: I mean, I would be uncomfortable doing that. If he just doesn't want to. That's a big thing to do, like come up with the right words to say for a bunch of people that just died next to us. And some people are uncomfortable with death. I wouldn't want to do that.
1: He seems to be reluctant to kind of take a leadership position.
0: Some people are meant to be leaders.
1: Boone and Shannon have their episode check-in. Boone talks to Shannon about how Rose has been sitting down on the beach on her own since the crash ended, essentially. But Shannon doesn't give a shit. Boone thinks that someone should check in on Rose. Uh thinking that she hasn't moved on from her husband's death. Shannon, sarcastically nominates him to do it since he's always trying to do something to help constantly. To I, an annoying...
0: I don't think it's annoying. I don't know why. I think what's annoying about it is like, why doesn't he just go talk to her?
1: Yeah. that's like a... Why
0: does, why does he have to go ask somebody else to do it or say, should we help her just like go do it?
1: That's fair. Boone points out that he's always taking care of Shannon, keeping her fed. Otherwise she'll starve without him. Just kind of like getting defensive, poking at her. But Shannon points out that the ocean is full of fish and makes a nice little sarcastic comment about how ocean's not going to take her credit card. And Shannon's challenged by this thinking, Oh, I can't get fish. Then it cuts to, The group on the hunt and Locke finds sign of boar and pointing out that they're getting pretty close. Cuts back to Charlie doing some drugs in secret, almost gets caught, but Shannon invites him to go for a walk. He does the classic move of trying to talk about how he's in a band, but Shannon cuts him off and immediately asks him if he knows anything about fishing. Do you ever wonder why Charlie doesn't go further away from camp to do his drugs?
0: I did not think about it. Didn't realize how far or not far away from camp he was. But I guess if she just stumbled upon him, then he was probably pretty close.
1: Like, he obviously wants to keep it a secret, but I feel like he's almost been caught a couple times.
0: I think when you're doing drugs, you're probably not in your right mind. Good point.
1: Boone goes up to Jack and suggests that he talk to Rose since he was the one that saved her life during the crash. And he, he points out that Rose has not spoken to anyone or had anything to eat or drink since the crash. Jack tries to uh, get her to drink, but she doesn't speak. So Jack decides to keep her company.
0: How long has it been since they crashed? Three days? Four days? It's no way she hasn't had anything to drink that whole time.
1: I mean, yeah, they're probably being like hyperbolic, but...
0: How long can you go without water? Three days.
1: Oh, well, they're there in the nick of time. Maybe that's why they suddenly started to give a shit.
0: Yeah, but she's fine. Like, she's just sitting there.
1: Because she's just really not exhausting any energy.
0: Existing any energy?
1: No, I said exhausting. I just slurred it.
0: You mean exerting?
1: I think exhausting works. No. Why would exhausting not work?
0: It doesn't... I'm not going to go too hard on this in case I'm wrong, but I feel like it doesn't work. I think you meant to say exerting. I feel like... And you said existing. It doesn't matter if you think... I,
1: I'm... Okay. I Probably I said existing. I'll just edit that out. So you look crazy.
0: No, you fucking <laughs> won't.
1: You know what? Maybe do something.
0: <laughs> I am going to go on strike. I am the fucking talent. I'm sorry.
1: Apologies. You know what? You're right. You're doing more than our producer. Without
0: me... You're just reading your long ass fucking script. You're going to put everybody. This is going to become one of those podcasts that people put on to fall asleep at night.
1: That was your first podcast idea for me. (laughs) You were just like, just record your conversation with mom every day.
0: I did say that. (laughs) But you should probably edit that out.
1: Oh, absolutely not. That's a
0: million dollar idea. Don't give that shit away for free.
1: (laughs) Where the hell were we?
0: You were using incorrect words. I was trying to help you sound smarter.
1: So back on the hunt, Kate and Michael discuss Walt and how he's handling the island. Michael tells her that he wasn't really part of Walt's life. Right when Michael asks Kate why she was in Sydney they stumble on uh, more tusk marks. So save by the bell once again for Kate. Locke attempts to give the others some signals on what to do, but Michael doesn't understand. And when he speaks, the boar scatter and charge Michael. Kate attempts to check on Michael as Locke stares at the sky. He seems pretty stunned and Michael's in bad shape. I, I do want to say I gave Michael a hard time earlier, but the quit giving us the steal signal... Is a very funny line. Like I if I was in that situation and I wasn't charged at by a boar, I would have laughed.
0: What signal?
1: He said, quit giving us the steal signal. It's a baseball joke. Cause like the third base coach like tells you, like gives you the signal, like, oh, you should steal on this one.
0: I did not catch that.
1: Yeah. Michael
0: it's like, says that?
1: Yeah. So like You, I know you played softball and I don't think you swung your bat once, Hey, but like the third base coach will give the batter and the base runner signals. So like, they'll be like, Oh, you're going to lay down a bunt on this one so they can move the runner.
0: Dude, I got it. You don't have to mansplain it to me. I just didn't catch it in the episode.
1: You're not watching it with captions.
0: No, because then I only read the captions and I don't watch the show.
1: I am, I am team captions. You got to have captions on. Even I if get, it's loud as hell.
0: No, I get too distracted by the captions.
1: All right. I'm a, I'm a, I know we only have three followers, but I'm putting this in, in, our, in our story. Some sort of poll.
0: We've never posted anything on Instagram. Nobody follows us.
1: Okay. This will be like eight weeks into us posting at this point.
0: Oh, so we'll have five followers? Yeah,
1: and they can give us an opinion.
0: Okay, fine.
1: I like how you're so you're angry that we never post. So my solution is, oh, I'll like put some stuff on there. And you're like, no.
0: No, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying how is this gonna validate your argument? Nobody's gonna vote. We don't have any followers.
1: Shut up. So we get another flashback. Locke and a co-worker are playing a military board game during their lunch break, and Randy comes in, starts immediately making fun of Locke for pretending that he was in the military. Was that a shocker to you at all, that Locke was not in the military after the whole colonel thing?
0: No, I didn't really think anything into it. But I don't understand why Randy's being a dick to Locke and not the other guy also playing the board game.
1: No. He can walk.
0: Who fucking cares? It's a nerdy game no matter what you never play board games? I love board games. I never said I wasn't a nerd.
1: That's true. I guess I'd never play board games on my lunch break at work.
0: I only have a 30-minute lunch break. I'm just trying to eat some fucking food.
1: That's a good point. Randy starts prying about the walkabout information that he found on his desk, which, like, hello, HR, v- violation of privacy.
0: Well, hello, Locke shouldn't have personal stuff on his desk. What? Like, why is he bringing that shit to work? What's he doing? He's supposed to be working when he's at work.
1: I think it was more like just like a... It wasn't like paperwork or anything. It was like a brochure.
0: I know, but... Yeah, you're probably right.
1: You don't ever have personal things at your work?
0: I do, but I'm just saying, like... I don't know. I'm I'm saying that at his desk... He should be focusing on work. If he has that brochure out, you can assume that he was like looking at it or planning his trip or something that he shouldn't have been doing during work hours. I'm not standing with Randy. I'm just saying that was my argument. I don't actually like it. I kind of wish I didn't do it, but it's fine.
1: I was a manager at a gym and my employees were just doing their homework at the counter. So if if they were just reading about a walkabout, I would have been like, At least it looks less bad.
0: Well, when I do my job, I'm 100% dedicated to it all the time. I never have side conversations. I don't even look at my phone. Really dedicated to my work all the time.
1: So Randy begins to taunt Locke after Locke tells him what the walkabout basically is. A spiritual journey where you go into the outback, hunt, and gather your own food. Randy specifically says, on foot? which should have been, like, another giveaway to the situation. Um, But Locke cites Norman Croucher, a double amputee who climbed Mount Everest. It was his destiny.
0: That should have been the biggest giveaway, because even, like, the on-foot thing, you could be, like... He's old. Yeah, and just, oh, hiking is hard or whatever. But when he starts talking about a double, double amputee, yeah, that...
1: I mean, I guess Randy kept, like, talking about how Locke was old. Like, oh, you can't, you, you're old, old man. So I guess you could be like, oh, he's saying Locke can't do it because he's old. And Locke's argument is like, well, if a WMPT can climb a mountain, I, an old man, can camp. But Yeah, yeah that is, like, the biggest, like, hint there. Locke says that it, his, it was Croucher's destiny. And Randy says that Locke doesn't have a destiny. And this is when we get a great line. Don't tell me what I can't do. Before we go back to the island, does Randy give you any flashbacks to a really shitty boss?
0: I mean, we both worked at the McDonald's in Waynesville.
1: We did both work at the McDonald's in Waynesville.
0: None of my bosses were that mean. Were they the best bosses? No. Was it a pleasant place to work? No. But they weren't just like full on talking shit straight to our face.
1: Yeah. I never had. Well, no, I, I, you know, I, I did. It's you never worked with her. But at that McDonald's, I did have a boss that just straight up hated me for no reason.
0: I'd have to imagine there was a reason.
1: I mean, yeah, but still, I mean, like, I'm an employee. You shouldn't the the things that she like said to me were like over the line, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, McDonald's isn't exactly known for its professionalism.
1: Not at all. Could be Subway, though. What? Watch that John Oliver special about Subway. Where like it's like a, it it's a nightmare. Like a lot of franchisees went out of it because, like it's a huge. I don't know. Just watch the John Oliver thing.
0: I'm not gonna do that.
1: Okay. So back on the island, Kate finally like gets Locke out of his weird comatose state of just staring at the sky, remembering his flashback. Um, and Locke calls her Helen, which. Oh, yeah, we totally skipped over that back in the flashback. Locke mentions that he's speaking to a woman named Helen. So remember that for later. My bad. Locke calls Kate Helen. Uh, but when Kate questions him, he just dodges the question by just asking where the boar went. Kate says that Michael's in bad shape and they need to get him back to camp. But Locke decides to chase after the boar. She says that he can't go out on his lo- on his own. And he says, don't tell me what I can't do again. So, you t- talked about two people that shouldn't go on a hunt earlier. <laughs> we find Hurley and Charlie attempting to spearfish.
0: That was comical. Why wouldn't they go ask? Well, I guess I can't speak English, but why wouldn't they go ask Jin?
1: That is the reason he can't speak English.
0: Yeah, but they could like mime it to him or something. Do you think Hurley and
1: Jin would like get along? Like, he did, like, insult him with the whole I'm not eating your sea urchins thing.
0: Okay, send Charlie then.
1: Yeah, I don't think Charlie is the best person to handle that negotiation. They didn't, they didn't have much success, but they are bonding. What do you think of their little friendship dynamic, uh, th- bumbling idiots kind of thing?
0: I think they're just the two class clowns.
1: It's nice to have a little levity in the show.
0: Yeah, for sure. But that was kind of the only moment in the entire episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So Claire gives Saeed a photo that belongs to him. A photo of a woman that makes Saeed smile. Were you jealous?
0: No. He's a fictional character.
1: Why are you beat Red?
0: I'm not. Stop trying to make shit up. Jesus Christ. I am as pale as they come. Casper the ghost. (laughs) That's not even that funny. Why are you laughing?
1: Casper the ghost. (laughs) Rose finally speaks and tells Jack about how Bernard's fingers swelled. Anytime they flow. Flow? Flew. Anytime they met flow from progressive, Bernard's fingers swelled up to the size of sausages.
0: Due to the elevation.
1: Yes. So Rose wore the wedding ring on a necklace around her neck. Rose tells Jack that she doesn't need to keep her safe anymore. Referring to the promise that he made right before the crash.
0: Once again, you just call Jack she. I think you're just the laziest talker.
1: I am. But uh, I'll admit the times you have cut me out or called me out today. Yes. But you called me out in the third episode. Um, There was like one And it was the one that you called me out on You were like, you've been doing it the whole episode There was like one
0: <laughs> No, I'm probably, I was probably right But You know how people say Like, oh, you have a face for radio But I feel like you don't Have a voice for a podcast
1: You know what's funny is a woman at work today I work at a call center, by the way A woman at work today said that I have the voice For radio
0: did you say, please subscribe to my podcast? I, d- I did, Gets actually. Lost. I
1: was like, have you ever seen Lost?
0: <laughs> and then Zane lost his job for promoting his side projects at work.
1: So if you're hiring.
0: Aren't those calls recorded for quality assurance purposes? And training. It's probably not a good idea.
1: I didn't actually do it.
0: <laughs> oh. Well, why not? We got to get more <laughs> listeners. <laughs>
1: Rose tells Jack that he doesn't have to keep her company anymore, referring to the promise that he made back on the plane.
0: Stop enunciating all your pronouns as if I'm in the wrong. Just stop slurring your words.
1: Rose calls Jack patient and caring and asks if that is the reason he became a doctor. But Jack said it was more of a family business. In the next flashback, Locke tells Helen about telling Randy off and how he got two tickets to Sydney, Australia, so she can join him on the walkabout.
0: What lady doesn't want to go throw knives with her man?
1: Maybe one that is a uh, call girl and isn't allowed to meet with clients.
0: I think you're misusing call girl. She is a... Phone sex operator.
1: What is a call girl?
0: Not a phone sex operator. Well,
1: what is a call girl? <laughs> D- what is a call girl?
0: I think it's. Yeah, okay, I was right. I had to Google it because it's a sex worker, but like in person, a prostitute for lack um, of a. Oh, really?
1: Okay. Yes. I was, you know what? Call girl makes more sense. All, he because, called her.
0: <laughs> I know, but, like, a call girl because, like, you, like, order up a woman.
1: Okay. I mean. Like,
0: take out, but for.
1: You're right that, like, she's probably a sex, phone sex operator, but, like, there was no evidence of any, like.
0: Because, no, there is. I know what you're going to say. She says, this isn't normally what my, how my calls go. Because he just talks to her like they have like an emotional relationship. But the rest of her calls that she's charging fucking like $80 an hour. I'm it gonna was
1: to
0: I'm going to change professions. And that was an 04.
1: That's true. Inflation. With inflation.
0: Anyway, because the rest of her calls are creepy men that are like, mm, what are you wearing? Stuff like that.
1: That's probably a little more comforting than come to Australia with me. I'm bringing knives.
0: Right, but she's still a professional, and he's crossing a line.
1: Helen hangs up on Locke. Oh,
0: I just realized what you said. What? You said that's probably more comforting than come to Australia and bringing knives. I didn't even... I thought you were saying the opposite. I thought you were saying that it's more comforting to have an emotional relationship with like a sad old man than for some guy trying to like get off over the phone, but whatever.
1: Helen hangs up on Locke because she doesn't want to charge him any more money and she's probably uncomfortable in the conversation. And Locke slams the phone down in frustration.
0: That was not pathetic. I don't want to say pathetic, but it was cringy. Oh yeah. I hated it.
1: I mean, Locke has just been taking his licks in the flashbacks.
0: Yeah, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable to watch.
1: All right, so before uh, I asked you for your first impression of Locke, not thinking of any of the other scenes, now I want your impression of Locke without thinking of the rest of the episode. Like, at this point, what were you feeling towards John Locke?
0: He's a sad old man that's not really that old.
1: Did you still think he was a serial killer? Did you think maybe his life sucking drove him to kill?
0: I could still see him being a serial killer. I could see his rejection from Helen being the thing that drives him to start like killing sex workers or something.
1: I think Terry O'Quinn, who plays uh, Locke, played a serial killer in a movie series called The Stepfather.
0: Yeah, he would make an excellent
1: serial killer. He plays the devil in some series that got canceled on CBS after one year. Working their way back to camp, Kate climbs a tree to attach an antenna for Saeed. But when she hears the monster roar and the tree, trees near her shake, as she sees it move towards Locke, she drops the antenna. Locke chases after a boar and then the monster approaches him. It comes out of the jungle and it looks like to us it gets right up in his face. Again, we don't see what it looks like, but we do hear a familiar ticka, ticka, ticka sound. We do? We do.
0: I didn't notice that. I was too busy thinking, Locke doesn't look that scared. It's Helen. <laughs>
1: Does he know what Helen looks like?
0: It's Helen. Riding on a polar bear. She's the polar bear farmer.
1: She's the French girl.
0: No, she's not the polar bear farmer. She has liberated the polar bears. Leading the army towards rebellion. (laughs) Nailed it.
1: Back at camp, Sawyer gives Claire some personal effects that he uh, liberated from from some dead bodies. Sun teaches Walt how to brush his teeth using, what was it called? Like chia or something like that?
0: Well, it's aloe. But she's saying to him that in Korean, toothpaste is chia. Is that what brush she says? Brush your teeth with aloe? No, you dumbass. It's She's showing him that she's using aloe to make like a toothbrush of sorts because they're on an island where they don't have toothpaste. It's like it? on it's like on Survivor, how they use like bamboo and they just like scrape their teeth. It's the same thing.
1: Alright. Does it give it minty fresh? Is there a particular plant that you should use to get some good breath?
0: I mean, mint is a plant.
1: No, it's an ice cream flavor. Okay. Kate and Michael return and Walt shows his first concern over Michael because he's hurt. Everyone starts to notice and gossip about how Locke didn't come back. Boone tells Shannon that he thinks that Locke might have died because he didn't come back. Shannon gets concerned that there's no food. But luckily, Charlie brings her a single fish and uh, Boone apologizes to Charlie immediately and tells Shannon that this doesn't mean that she can provide for herself.
0: There's no fucking way they caught that fish. Those two idiots were splashing around, yelling. Number one rule of fishing Shut the fuck up. There is no way. That's the most, that is the most unrealistic thing that has happened in this show so far.
1: So what, you think they just like stole it from Jin or something?
0: I think it's a dead fish that was belly up in the ocean. They just grabbed it.
1: Does this alter your opinion of Shannon at all? No. No?
0: It's pretty on track to what she's already shown us.
1: Just reinforces what you thought of her. Yes. Jack tells Rose about the burning of the fuselage and the memorial service that they're going to hold at the end of the day. And he invites her to join and maybe speak on Bernard's behalf. But Rose says that he's alive. Jack says that the tail section broke off mid-flight and they're likely all dead. And she says that they're probably thinking the same thing about them.
0: That has to mean that they are alive. They wouldn't put it in the show if there wasn't more survivors.
1: Do you think that everyone is like it, you're in this situation. You know, you, there's three major sections of the plane. Cockpit, everyone's dead. Fuselage, a lot of people survived. Tail tail section missing. Do you think they're right to just assume they're all dead?
0: Yeah, I would assume they're all dead because you got to think like I don't know the timeline of, like, when did the tail break off to when did they land? Because I would have thought the tail landed in the ocean. And that they all just... If they weren't already dead, that they drowned in the ocean.
1: And they could have swam.
0: Not if they're, like, deep out there.
1: Jack sees a man in a suit over by a tree line, looks away for a brief moment, and the man is gone when he looks back.
0: That was fucking creepy. Now there's, like, ghosts on the island?
1: Or... You know, hungry and he's. Hallucinating.
0: Oh, like he's having like hallucinations?
1: Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're cooking in that sun. There's no food. I. They really haven't talked about their water situation.
0: Yeah, I guess that's true. But it's still creepy.
1: It absolutely was creepy. Said's working on some gizmo or another, and Kate shows him that the antenna that he gave her earlier is broken Saeed gets more frustrated with the circumstance of the um french signal and how he has to lie to everyone and how just like the odds are stacked against them but kate reminds him that or doesn't really remind him just reassures him that you know he'll get it next time because that's basically the last scene with saeed in this episode i'm just gonna ask is he your potty of the week again No one really did anything to be hot this episode.
0: Yeah, Saeed's the hottie of the week just for existing. Nobody really...
1: I mean, Charlie caught a fish.
0: Charlie will never be hottie of the week. Never? I I cannot imagine a situation in which the bass player for Drive Shaft will ever be my hottie of the week.
1: I mean, he was in a band. No. Jack uh, meets up with Kate Looks at her wounds And she tells him that The monster was headed towards Locke And she, he's probably dead Jack tells her about the memorial service And then sees the man in the suit again This time he's standing in the ocean he, No, he's not standing in the ocean I'm thinking of a different scene He's standing in the tree line And he chases after him But finds a triumphant Locke Dragging a dead boar. Which brings me to my hottie of the week. Locke.
0: That is so... Just because he did like... That doesn't make him hot. It's not Bored hottie blood of the does week. does it for me. That's fucking weird.
1: So the final scene and flashback is the funeral. Slash the flashback, obviously. Claire reads off some information that they've collected from the deceased... And Charlie is off by himself taking drugs in secret. He joins the others, and he just looks high off his ass, by the way.
0: I feel like he doesn't look... If I didn't know that he had just done drugs, I would have just thought he looked... I guess he does look high. Yeah, well, I thought he looked really sad, but I guess, yeah, he kind of does look high.
1: Kate asks him if anyone has seen Jack, who is a no-show to the funeral service. He's down the beach just being by himself. Maybe he's a little rocked by the man in the suit he keeps seeing. Michael compliments Locke for getting the boar and asks if he saw the monster, and Locke says no.
0: You know, the other option is that maybe Jack doesn't like the smell of burning flesh. That has to smell horrible.
1: It was his idea.
0: I know, but he's the only one that's not standing by it. That has to smell so bad.
1: I mean, if Claire... A pregnant woman can handle that smell.
0: Listen, I want you to go. I want you to find a dead body. I don't care how you get it. And then I want you to put it in like a metal tube and let it bake in the sun for four days. And then I want you to light it on fire. And I want you to tell me, how does it smell?
1: Wouldn't you, wouldn't he just be like, be used to it? He's been camped there for a while.
0: The smell of burning flesh is different, like obviously the body smell probably, of rotting flesh. I understand that, but the body's probably smelled the whole time. But I'm telling you, the smell of burning flesh. There's no way, and then like you know, it's up in the fumes and like knowing that- this
1: show, he's not sitting down the beach because of the smell of burning flesh.
0: Okay, but in general, okay, stop shit- thinking
1: in general. It's a TV show.
0: <laughs> Just because it's a TV show doesn't mean that they should not acknowledge that that shit smells. Horrible.
1: You want one throwaway line where Claire is like, "And and so and so died." Oh sh! God, this shit smells rank. Let's speed this up. Don't care about this person.
0: I think, honest to God, that they could have put just Hurley standing in the crowd, plugging his nose, and that would have been enough for me. Because
1: that would have taken away from the moment. Whatever. Michael compliments Locke for bagging the boar and asks if he saw the monster. And Locke says no.
0: Why did he lie? It doesn't make any sense to me. Unless maybe it was so scary that he doesn't want to scare the rest of the people. Like, I would want to tell somebody about that. And Mm. I'm pissed because I want to fucking know what it is.
1: Locke is also admitting one, like, major thing. So, like, does it really surprise you that he's not telling people?
0: Yeah, but I feel like it's different to not admit that you were paralyzed and to not admit that you saw the monster that everybody else knows about.
1: Maybe it's just hard to explain.
0: I think you could give it a try.
1: And the final flashback, the tourist organization for the walkabout denies Locke a seat on the bus because he omitted his condition, but Locke demands to be allowed to go since he's already paid and he never lied. The tourist organization book him a plane back to Sydney on their dime so let me get this straight. They're they're not going to refund him because they say this is the best that we can do. They're not going to refund him. They're not even going to get him all the way home. They're going to get him halfway.
0: I mean, not even halfway. They're just kidding him to another part of Australia.
1: Yeah, but he I mean, he lives in L.A. So like I get flight, that. Flight, but
0: I get that. But that's fucking stupid on their part. he should yeah. get like a full refund.
1: So, yeah, Locke is revealed to be in a wheelchair knowing that you did not know this, how do you feel?
0: Yeah, I definitely knew this. I still can see how it was a big reveal, big deal, pretty crazy. Obviously I know that he was in a wheelchair, but like, I don't know how he just magically can walk again when he's on the island. My current guess is because do they ever No, I don't want to know. I'm curious to know. Cause you said it's been four years. I'm curious to know why he's in a wheelchair because I watched a show where this chick was in a wheelchair, but it was completely psychosomatic. There was no physical reason she should be in a wheelchair. Hmm. And then she could walk again, but it was just like a trauma response.
1: I watched this show where this guy was in a wheelchair, but through his love for singing and the support of his friends, He went on to win a national championship in show choir. Glee? Yeah, I've been watching Glee lately.
0: I don't want any part of that.
1: Kate made me do it. You don't want to watch my... You don't want to do my Glee rewatch podcast? Lauren gets Glee?
0: Not even a little
1: bit. Locke shouts, don't tell me what I can't do as the bus pulls away and keeps repeating that this is his destiny. Then we get a shot of Locke standing up from the crash, now with a new lens... Uh, of his life And what the crash meant for him The feelings f- to his leg ha- Legs have returned And while 47 people are having the worst day Of his life He's probably having the best day of his
0: Worst day of their life
1: Yes, whatever Then Jack calls for help To get the man with no legs And Locke rushes over to help him
0: I know what you're trying to do you are trying to show that I was wrong in a previous argument, but I decline to participate in this conversation.
1: Back in present time, Locke takes a look at the wheelchair and smiles.
0: The wheelchair that is dangerously close to the fire—that's a chair. That's a a wheel barrel, barrel or barrow, barrel wheelbarrow barrel. barrel. Will, <laughs> regardless, that thing could have many uses. They should probably not let it catch on fire.
1: You're right. What is it again?
0: I decline to comment.
1: So yeah, Locke smiles at the wheelchair, thinking about how he no longer needs it, and the episode ends.
0: Locke is probably the most interesting character. I'm still like very interested to know what Kate's crime is, but like as far as his shift from being this person who everybody talks down to, uh, a lot of bad luck, a lot of people that aren't really, well, just nice to him to being on this island where all of a sudden he can walk again and he's competent and people are going to him for help. He's providing for people. That's a big shift. Could cause a power trip. And Locke gives me power trip vibes. You're making a face. Am I? No. Right.
1: So, overall thoughts of the episode:
0: good episode, sad episode, a little bit cringy.
1: Oh, uh, deserving of an Emmy nomination?
0: Well, but was he nominated for this episode or just his writing on the show in general?
1: This episode.
0: Oh, sure. I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty good.
1: Yeah. So they set up that mystery man in the suit. Are I'll tell you now that next episode we'll get into that a little bit. Are you excited at all? Are you curious about that at all?
0: Yeah, definitely. Want to know what's going on there? Ah, uh, does that mean this next episode is about Jack? Yes. Ugh. Fine
1: May, I mean you didn't like Locke all that much And then you came out of the episode and you liked him now Maybe you'll lose do necessarily.
0: for Jack. No I don't necessarily like Locke
1: You don't like Locke what is wrong not, with you
0: I'm not saying I don't like him But I'm not like oh yeah go Locke I think he is interesting I think he's an interesting character I don't love him
1: What's wrong with him?
0: There's nothing wrong with him. I'm just saying he had like a sad, cringy life, and now he's like throwing knives at people's faces. He, I mean, I'm not—he didn't hit Sawyer. He's got really good aim. There was no reason for him to throw the knife. He could have just been like, "Hey guys, I have some knives we could hunt with." Not just, I, I I'm sorry. Like, if somebody in my house is like. Man, I wonder what we're going to have for dinner. I don't take a steak knife and chuck it across the room and go, I'm going to make chicken.
1: (laughs) Can you imagine if you could do that with just like anything in life? You're like, you're like, oh, we should listen to music. How should we do it? And someone just chucks a speaker across the room. We use this.
0: (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't make sense. It was unnecessary.
1: He's got a flair for the dramatics.
0: If he wanted to be dramatic, he should be like, you guys know that wheelchair? That was mine.
1: Okay, let's talk about that. Do you wonder at all why he isn't just telling people?
0: Mm, I wouldn't tell people. Why not? He's probably trying to make sense of it himself. Like, Then people are going to see him as weak. He doesn't want to be seen as weak. And even though he can walk now, people are still going to be like, Oh, but you should be careful. What caused it? Is it going to happen again? Okay, peeps, that's all we've got. As always, please follow us on all of our social media. We are on TikTok at laurengetslost.pod, on Instagram at laurengetslostpod, and on Twitter at laurengetslost. You should definitely check out our TikTok. We've got some great stuff up there that I cannot watch, but I'm sure it's great. Follow the podcast on all the platforms. Give us a five-star review. Only five stars. Anything less unacceptable. If you want to talk shit, do it to my face. Send us a DM. Join us next week for a Shitty Jack episode that I'm sure is going to be shitty. White Rabbit. I know it's called White Rabbit. I was going to say that and I was going to impress you with how I already knew it. Until then... Don't get any... Don't get in any... Nope, take that part out.
1: Were you going to say don't get in any plane crashes?
0: Yes, I was! (laughs) That
1: stays in. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost, a Lost Rewatch podcast. This podcast is hosted and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is by David Kohler.
0: And remember... They weren't dead the whole time. Or they were.
1: They definitely weren't.